What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. nothing to say about this movie. This is like the most nothing movie we've watched. Yeah, this is the least movie since, uh, I don't know, like, I was really feeling the, how how much the last movie we talked about, how much Superstar was like a movie mm-hmm. uh, that was very bad. Mm-hmm. And this is not as bad as Superstar, but it's also like, much less anything. Yeah. So. It's just nothing. I have, I have as little to say about this movie as I think I can possibly say. I just, it's, like, and I even, we went to lunch with my mom, or, well, brunch, whatever. We, uh-huh. went to, we went to brunch with my mom this morning, and I told her that I had watched this movie, and, you know, obviously she remembers having seen it when it came out, and, um, she was like, yeah, it was kind of disappointing, because it was just nothing, and I was like, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing to it. expect? Disappointing compared to what? <laughs> I guess compared like, to the actual sketches, it's I don't know. It's just like I mean, it's the it's the like eighth SNL movie, and like six of them have been terrible. Yeah. So it's like at this point, like how are you still let down? <laughs> Get my mom's by ass. the latest man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting her ass on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna stop you. Um, so Tim Meadows is the ladies' man. Tim Meadows is the ladies' man. Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. What did he do on SNL? This. He, he, what did he do? I know this was like a character of his. I feel like if I look, um, I'm going to remember. This is the first out of all the, all the SNL characters uh, we cover. On this season, that doesn't have a Wikipedia page on its own. <laughs> Great. Like, I th- I'm pretty sure Stuart Smalley had a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Leon Phelps doesn't have one. Like, it's yeah. just you have to look at t- at the Tim Meadows page, I guess. Uh, but even that doesn't have like a section for uh, his iconic character of, <laughs> uh, of the ladies' man. Yeah, his iconic is all of his iconic characters that we remember. Um, yeah. Which is weird, because, like, he shows up a lot. He's in a lot of stuff. Um, I feel like every third movie I watch, at least if it's a comedy, like, he just appears in it doing something. (laughs) Nothing, like, notable. I think he was, like, the principal or something in Mean Girls. Uh, He always has a bit part like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in... He was, they played the character Ron Duval in Mean Girls, who I don't mm. remember. He was, um, we've already seen yes, him. Yes, Principal Ron Duval, and then he uh, reprised this part for Mean Girls 2. Great. Which is, I think he's the only one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glancing at the cast of Mean Girls 2. I think Tim Meadows is the only person who, who they managed to get back for a, like, non- you know, uh-huh. non-Tina Fey written 
non Lindsay Lohan or uh, fucking who else was in uh, wasn't wasn't Mean Girls uh, Rachel McAdams right mm-hmm. like non no none of the famous people mm-hmm. in it Mean Girls two came out seven years after oh my god <laughs> Mean Girls released direct to video perfect of course it, it did. stars it stars nobody you've heard of why would it um it stars oh my god it stars one of the <laughs> one of the mermaids from h2o great <laughs> I feel that's like, the level of celebrity we're on i feel like if we watched mean girls 2 for this episode we'd actually have stuff to say about it um, I'm looking at Tim Meadows' page on the SNL fandom wiki, which is okay. exactly as good of a site as you would imagine it to be. Um, he mostly did impressions. He, like, I'm looking at his list of characters, and I remember none of them except for Leon Phelps. I do vaguely remember hearing him say the words, I'm Dr. Poop, but... um. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he basically, I mean, if they needed, he he had the 90s, the he had 90s TV racism happen to him, where, since he was in the SNL cast, if they needed a black guy, yeah, there he is. Um, and that's, I mean, you can, I feel like if you, if that's the deal you get... How are you supposed to make a career out of that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a raw deal. Um, but, so, this fucking movie, there's, there's nothing to talk about. It has 11% on oh, Rotten this is Tomatoes. the most, what? 11, yeah. This is the most, uh, the most, like, excuse of a plot. Yeah. Like, I feel like this, the plot of this movie feels, like, genuinely, like, algorithmically created. Like, if you had, like, put in, write a, write a prompt for an SNL movie into, like, one of those AI generators, mm-hmm. it would have come up with something, like, uh, Leon Phelps is, does a radio show. Yep. Right? Like, we already have, like, the, we already had two of those, right? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the public access, we had two public access shows. Um, yeah. We're going to we're, we've we've pivoted to radio now, um, so there's that. But it's, but he it's the was same in, shit. He was like the public access. He was the FM station manager in its path, so it's not mm-hmm. even like yeah, sad for him. Um, the Tim Meadows is Leon Phelps, who is who does a raunchy. Uh, radio show but it's too raunchy so it's been taken off the air and no no radio wants to and then he's trying to you know just like in Stuart Saves the Family where he's trying to save the TV show there's the same plot of trying to find a radio station that will put his show on yeah but at the same time at the same time so that's one plot and the second plot is he gets a mysterious love letter and he doesn't know from like someone he slept with who is rich and wants to marry him and give her give him all her money. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to find this person, but I don't know who she is. That's the second plot. And then the third plot is there's a bunch of 
men's rights activist. <laughs> There, you know, cucked guy, guys yeah. who who have been cucked by him, uh-huh. who are trying to figure out who he is because he has a little smiley face tattoos on his butt cheek. Isn't it funny? That's the entire pl- like. It's like, and the don't forget to mention that the leader of the who wrote this. Don't forget to mention that the leader of the group of men who have been cucked by him is played by Will Ferrell, funny who's homosexual. funny gay. He's played by, yeah, he's played by Will Ferrell, who plays a funny homosexual. <laughs> um, I think we have, like, firmly established that there's a difference between gay and funny gay. Yeah, funny gay is definitely what we got um, going on here. So it's, uh, that's the variety we're getting here. Uh, it's also Billy D. Williams in, like, an inexplicable, like, Sam Elliott from Big Lebowski type of role yeah where he's like the narrator but also a bartender yeah he's here um they had to get billy d williams uh, tim meadows actually impersonated billy d williams on snl oh great so i yeah i guess that's probably was what was the joke here then that i missed um here's okay very funny for just i'm looking at the uh, the reviews that show up, the critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, just the ones that it gives me up front. Um, there's only one with a ripe tomato icon, and I want to read it for you because... <laughs> Please. Yeah, okay, so this is from July 16th, 2001. Um, couple months shy of 9-11. Uh, keep in mind, once again, ripe tomato on this one. A cheap and forgettable romp which is unlikely to trouble filmgoers for long before finding a more suitable home down your local video store. So that's like... That's not even damning with faint praise. That's just saying... It's... Don't bother. <laughs> yeah, that's like... You you gave it a bad review but gave it three stars so the algorithm counts it as uh, ripe. Yeah. <sighs> the music for this... I, I was just looking at the credits and... One thing I completely missed is the music is written by Marcus Miller, who, if if you're wondering who that is, I mean, it sounds like a common enough name, but it is the Marcus Miller who is like, who was who is a one of the one of the former one of one of the like considered one of the greatest jazz bass players. Huh. Uh, Worked with Miles Davis, Herbie, and Herbie Hancock, among others. And now here he is. <laughs> he also wrote the soundtrack to um, the Ladies Man. <laughs> it's just you know character arc shit. Um, I want to talk about something I found. Oh, he did. <laughs> huh? This one. This one's for Fallon. He uh, he was also. Uh, on the uh, studio band for um, an album called The Night Fly by Donald Fagan. <laughs> hey, Fallon. Yeah. The guy who wrote the score for this movie was like this famous jazz bass player. Oh, shit. And he played on a Donald Fagan album. That's just for you. Let's fucking go <laughs> with the man himself. He's been touched by the gods. <laughs> Was that before? Did he did he appear on that before or after doing the soundtrack for this? Uh, the Nightfly was uh, nineteen eighty two. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So he fell from from the grace well of Donald that. Fagan. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. A shame. Yeah. 
He he received the funny Icarus award. He he flew too close to the funny sun and caught on funny fire. Um Can I I want to talk about something that I found in the credits because I feel like with you clicking around and looking at people whose names are in yeah. the credits, you're going to find this before I get to bring it up. Um, so this movie was directed by Reginald Hudlin, and I, of course, yes. opened this opened this up to see what else he's he's worked on. Uh, I went to his personal life. So he his wife his wife's name is Chrisette Chrisette Hudlin. Um, so. Circa 2013, Reginald Hudlin's lawyer was Doug Emhoff. Um, Doug Emhoff uh, was set up on a blind date by Chrisette Hudlin with, at the time, Attorney General of California and current Vice President of the United States Kamala Harris, and they are married now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> The current second, <laughs> the current vice president and second gentleman would not be in a relationship were it not for this relationship, the relationship of this director. Well, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. <laughs> and he has been, I was, apparently, you know, he directed House Party, which mm-hmm. was a hit movie, and then... Nothing else. Yeah, that is like noteworthy anyway. He was a producer in um. He pr- he was one of the producers of Django Unchained. Um, yeah. that's about it. He wrote Bebe's Kids. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, a classic. We all know and love <laughs> Bebe's Kids. Also, the songwriter for uh, some of the songs on it, apparently tremendous. Um. um of course Kamala Harris is Excellent married to a guy named here. Doug. Oh, <laughs> oh he did that. Of course, he just did a bunch of TV stuff. This is all this fucking SNL directors. Uh, just, yeah. Like, people who were like some journeyman that Lorne found. Mm-hmm. That, you know. None of these people are anybody. None of them have any, like, hand... Any, like, directorial, like, style or anything. Mm-hmm. Right? They just, like, do this... There's a... There's a bit in the Roger Ebert review where... Uh, he didn't like it. Um, but... <laughs> you don't say! But he specifically says in his review... And it's interesting because I haven't, I haven't considered this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says in his review that... Um, So the first, the first paragraph is, uh, The Ladies' Man is yet another desperately unfunny feature-length spin-off from Saturday Night Live, a TV show that would not survive on local access if it were as bad as most of the movies it inspires. <laughs> and then he says, there have, been, there have been good SNL movies, like Wayne's World, The Blues Brothers, and Stuart Saves His Family. We remember that he liked that one. Oh yeah, he did like that one. They all have one thing in common. SNL producer Lorne Michaels was not primarily responsible for them. You can say that. What did Lorne pay you to say that? <laughs> Roger. No, I mean, he says, that the, he says that the good ones are the ones that he was oh, not oh. involved with. Get his ass. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh my god. There's uh, just th- nothing. Is... Yeah, I, I, I posted a I... screen cap. Oh, go on. Because uh, there's just nothing to goddamn say about this movie. So I just posted a screen cap of the... Uh, oh, fantastic. Uh, from the IMDb page of more yeah, like this. A, there is another movie called The Ladies Man with Jerry Lewis, which comes up if you want to lock this on Letterboxd or like find this movie anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> he's He's yelling. On the cover of it. And then there's something else. I don't know what this is. TV's TV series called Ladies Man with Betty White Fantastic. in it. Betty White and a bunch of white people that I don't recognize. Oh, Alfred <laughs> Molina. Um, yeah. I've never heard of this. Also looks bad. Yeah, also looks bad. I wanted to, I wanted to read a bit more from the Roger Ebert review. Cause just Please. Like scrolling down, he, he hits... He hits like right into the Sicko and Ebert uh, canon here, because mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he talks about how you know uh, how he wasn't involved with Stuart Saves the Family and Blues Brothers, uh, and um, credit to credit for the glories of the Wayne's World Pictures, which he did produce, should arguably go with their directors and stars. Mike Myers went on to Austin Powers, <laughs> Michaels. Went on to Conehead, Superstar, United, Roxbury, and now the ladies' man. <laughs> um, and then he says, if I were a Hollywood executive, I would automatically turn down any Michael's SNL project on the reasonable grounds that apart from the Mike Myers movies, he has never made a good one. He doesn't even come close. His average star rating for the last four titles is 1.125. Just to put things in perspective, the last three Pauly Shore movies I reviewed scored 1.5. Great! <laughs> Illustrious. So, um, you know, even... I mean, I'm... Sco- oh, oh, 1.5 on, every, on average, yeah, because he gave... Because uh, he gave Jury Duty one star, but he gave... Uh, in the army now, one and a half, and son-in-law, two stars. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, I posted another screen cap of just a uh, review. Oh, from two thousand. Yeah, from October. For, so three days after this movie came out. Yeah. Do you a want, year before nine eleven? Yeah. Do you want to read this, or do you want me to read it? Yeah. Go. Go ahead. Okay. So this this is from IMDb user Jackster. <laughs> On October 16th, 2000. Says, this movie was dorky as heck, but dot dot dot. I loved it. It was just what I needed after a hard day at work. Tim Meadows was freaky and disgusting. Hee <laughs> hee, he is so dang cute, I could <laughs> hardly contain myself. He says some great one-liners, and I laughed out loud a few times. This movie was Let's hands see. down craptacular in scare quotes in my book, <laughs> and definitely in keeping with several other fine SNL films. No stars, mm. by the way. Loved it. Loved it. He says some <sighs> great one liners and I laughed out loud a few times. What, Just a few what times. One liners. <laughs> what's he what's says, the thing he says in this? He says something racist about Asia. He says something about buying offering to buy a lady a fish sandwich. That 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 must have been like one of his SNL catches. I think it was, yeah. Cause if you if you Google the ladies man and go like several pages in, Google is gonna start suggesting to you Ladies' men memes. Okay. <laughs> which is 
But it's not really memes. It's like the most boomer shit imaginable. Because it's just an image of the ladies' man. And it says like one of his catchphrases on it. Or one of the quotes he says. And it's all stuff about fish sandwiches. And uh, and the drink he's The courvoisier. Mm-hmm. It's all just like, you know, corny pickup lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't remember if they were like actual quotes uh, from the movie. Because... Not, or, it or from SNL, who knows? Yeah. Does it matter? It's to matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For for the record, what what Janos is reacting to <laughs> is one of these memes. It's you know our friend uh, Impact font. What do you call a boy with many girls? A ladies' man, because that's what I am. Where's the joke? <laughs> this this is an image made by either a ten-year-old <laughs> or a seventy-eight-year-old. Like I'm just I'm just confused because I don't <laughs> like I've seen I've seen bad memes in my life, <laughs> but they all at least have like a setup and a punchline. And that's it's usually like a bad one, right? But in this one, I'm just like so confused what the construction <laughs> of this is supposed to be. Like, well, how is this supposed to be? A, it's it's just a thing. It's just a thing. Is saying I don't know. A ladies' man because that's what, that's a joke. And he's doing this. This picture is like this. Feels like an offshoot timeline where like. This becomes the like Neil Patrick Harris like true story, <laughs> like, like with, with like him holding the like glass yeah. of courvoisier. Mm-hmm. Either that, or I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what what other like commonly used memes have like this energy. Like it feels like a knockoff version. Maybe the fucking Willy Wonka. Yeah, like, you could substitute that for this. That's very true. I yeah, I is is I'm just, Tim Meadows any good in this movie? I don't like, know. I, I don't think he's he's not awful, but like, right. He, he's he's just suffering from <laughs> SNL character syndrome. Exactly. Again, where it's like the the joke of his character stretches so thin. For well, it stretches thin for an entire movie, and then they have to like. They have to uh, find a way to like make his gimmicks and like put his gimmicks and his catchphrases in it. So he he's gonna keep like he says like fifty times that the drink he likes is Courvoisier, and I get that it's like if you're doing a like recurring character, you have to have like gimmicks to them mm-hmm. on a sketch comedy show. But like saying saying what drink he likes. 50 times in a movie like we know <laughs> but do you though i know now like i didn't know it before but it's like the 50th time when he's like when he's like towards the end he's uh he's being asked by i think the millionaire lady it's like what was that drink you liked again courvoisier yeah courvoisier. come on <laughs> i'm still doing this <sighs> I'm just it looking is. I'm looking at memes. <laughs> and we can go through like some of the beats of this movie if we really I want guess. to. Like, there's, a, 
look, we talked a little bit about the setup of it and the yeah. two plot lines in it. It goes exactly <laughs> how you think it's going to go. He's got a nice lady yeah. producer. You know exactly where that's going to go. It's everything. So, okay. Fallon and I have been watching a lot of anime. And we started, uh, I fi I'm finally getting them to watch Fate Zero. Yeah. And there was a part last night um, where two characters were interacting and Fallon went, I have already read every piece of fanfiction there is about these two. I know how all of it goes. I know every single plot. <laughs> Described exactly what it would be. And, and that's, that's this movie. Yeah. That's exactly really what this is. movie is. Like every 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 plot development, every attempt at comedy you can see coming every every from so far. Every beat of the plot. You know exactly yeah. everything there is to know about this movie. We have this episode is going to be twenty five minutes long. <laughs> and it's just gonna be me showing you memes. I'm gonna have to, let's let's just like Go through like some of these incredibly predictable things. I fucking just guess so that the listeners like have an idea. Okay. So, right, he's working at this radio station, and like people are, you know, calling in, and he's just giving like the corniest like horn dog advice for anything. Yeah, he says a lot of funny horny words. Yeah, like that's the. It's the thing with this movie, though, like, because we we said in the uh, pre-recording uh, talk that the uh, the original website is uh, on the Wayback Machine. It's completely unusable because it's very reliant on uh, Flash Player. Uh, but it says it does say on it that this is uh, the fuck is it that this movie is um, rated R for sexual content and language. Yeah. And I have to say, for a raunchy sex comedy, it's so tame and so sexless. Like, it's. It is. It's just like exactly what you'd expect from a. Expect a raunchy SNL comedy to be. Like, it's just like not. It just says the sex words. Mm -hmm. But it's like. So, like, after they start. Here's. Here's one of the incredibly predictable ways this is going, right? Like, after he gets fired from the radio show, and they start uh, finding a different station that would pick up his show, it's the problem is that they play the tape of... They, they play the, like, demo reel or whatever, demo tape yeah. of the show. And it's always, like, at any point, the radio producer is gonna... Or the, you know, executive... Uh, that's gonna they're, they're gonna uh, play he's gonna talk about uh, doing it in the butt mm -hmm. or fucking I, th I think that was the main one like some some like very like and he's just gonna repeat the same like the same like horn dog sex thing all over right yeah. it's it takes very long and it's not funny, like it's you know you, 
you kind of know what the joke is and it, it does the SNL bit that like a lot of the sketches do as well that it's just like it has one joke and then it just like repeats it and repeats it and repeats it and repeats it like instead of like developing or anything mm-hmm. and then one station does get him picked <coughs> up but he has to do a show called The Lord's Man yeah cause it's a Christian network it's a Christian network and it's interviewing a nun and the nun can't stop saying the words um a missionary position in bangkok in bangkok and it's so it's so cringe like it's like <laughs> if, a, if you ask like a like a second grader to like write a sex joke it's yeah. that exactly it's it's you it everything you see everything coming a million fucking miles away because nothing in it is new, nothing in it is novel, nothing in it is interesting. It's everything is exactly what you think it's going to be. And there's just there's literally no twist on it. It just is. That's the end of my sentence is it's exactly what you think it's going to be. It is. There's a bit later where uh I think they're like so and Julie the like nice producer lady mm-hmm. who is very obviously going to become the love interest. Yeah, and it's uh, she's like, well, there's one more person I could probably ask a favor, but that's my ex-husband. Yeah, and uh, ladies' man is like, oh, don't do that. She treated you so badly. Uh, you know, whatever. And then they like start doing this like eat off where they're eating disgusting bar food. And it's, like, they're eating, they're starting with pickled eggs. Um, and then it's, like, es- escalates to, um, to like, some, like, pickled, like, oyster stuff. Uh, yeah, the... And then it's uh, hog's balls. Yeah. In a jar. And at the end, he's, like, eating something. And, uh, and then Billy D. Williams says, uh, congratulations, you just ate shit. Yeah. And then he's like so embarrassed and disgusted and whatever. But this scene like goes on for so long and it's like the whole joke is that you're supposed to be disgusted. Like Give me something funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's like and it's not even it's not even disgusting enough to like be super repulsed by it. Like I I zoned out. I completely zoned out. Like, to be fair, you know, I I have to... I'm incapable of focusing on one thing at at a time, so of course I was doing other stuff, but, like, I was just completely... I had the picture-in-picture while I had stuff, while I was doing my other stuff. I had it right there in the corner the entire time, and it was just noise to me. It was noise and an irritating thing on the corner of my screen. It was just nothing. The This fucking movie, like, the Wikipedia page doesn't even go through the plot points of it. it like, it doesn't... Because yeah. a lot of these movies will have the entire, you know, here's everything that happens well, in the movie. But this doesn't even have it. A lot of normal movies, but not the SNL movie. Yeah. Like, I, think Super, I think Superstar got, like, actually a detailed breakdown because that one actually had a plot. But yeah. I don't think Knight of the Roxbury did. I don't think... Uh, 
definitely Stuart uh, saves his family didn't have a plot like it just had like a three sentence summary yeah because um, the thing with like most of these SNL movies is that all they are all it is is a setup that's all it yeah. is There, it's a setup there's no punchline all it is is wouldn't it be funny if there was a guy they're fake movies <laughs> They're, they're tax write-offs. They feel like, they feel like movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was gonna say. They're they're like they're movies that you see the poster of them in the background of something yeah. else as a gag. It's yeah. I think you described one of the Pauly Shore movies as that, and all of these movies are that. Yeah, these are even more so. Like, um, I had no idea how how good we had it back then. <laughs> If only we had known. I remembered something. Yes. Um, about the legacy of Tim Meadows, Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. So you you know, and most people who know me know that I am a big fan of um, the Mars Volta parentheses band. Um, and there was a time in high school, uh, late high school, early college, where... If they put their name on something, I threw money at it. I just said, "Give me it." Um, and I, f- at some point uh, during that time, I found out that they featured on um, an album called "White People" by Handsome Boy Modeling School. Have you heard okay. of this? Okay, so <laughs> no. Handsome Handsome Boy Modeling School is or was, I guess, a collaboration. Um, between uh, Prince Paul and Dan the Automator. Um, uh, Dan the Automator you might recognize from... Uh, I know, I he, know he, the yeah, Automator, yeah. 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 So the gorillas, whatever. Um, so white people, this came out in 2004. Uh, I have the link here to the Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. So Mars Volta was on this, whatever. A lot of people were on it. It's mostly features. But I remember that throughout this album are sprinkled in ladies man skits recorded bespoke for this album oh my god yeah ah <laughs> uh. look at the names in this fucking thing oof look at the people who were on this oh this is no good <laughs> i mean it has some this is crazy cuz like i'm i'm looking at i'm looking at the names on the one hand like the talent yeah and then I'm looking at, on the other side, I'm looking at the review scores, which is all, like, <laughs> two and a half stars, B, two yeah. out of five stars, 6.6 out of 10, D minus, B plus. Like, it's not well received, and it does feature, like, an intro featuring Father, Father Guido Sarducci, uh-huh. uh, which I've been told is a fictional character created by American comedian Don Novello. <laughs> Um, I don't know this guy. Yeah. Um, and the second track, if it wasn't you featuring De La Soul and Star Child Excalibur, are you done with it featuring Mike Patton? The World's Gone Mad featuring Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Barrington Levi, and Alex Capranos. And then <laughs> dating, and this doesn't even look like a skit. Like, this is a three minute long t- track called Dating Game featuring Tim Meadows. I think this was a, a sketch. Sketch. How is this three minutes long? 
Exactly. I, I need to find out about this <laughs> dating game. Uh, what's the name of the band? Handsome Boy Modeling School. Handsome Boy Modeling. The most innovative, original, and enjoyable hip-hop album since Outkast's speaker box The Love Below. Okay, so it seems like... Oh my god. <laughs> this is like... Yeah, this is a three-minute-long skit. Yep. Uh, featuring... The RZA and <laughs> Jay Z as the this is a three minute this is a three minute skit of uh, a talk show host who I assume is played by Tim Meadows interviewing yeah this is like The Bachelor yeah like this is a this is a skit that is supposed to spoof The Bachelor but the two bachelors are Jay Z and the RZA yep. Are they even rapping, or are they? No, they're just doing a. They're they're doing a skit. What the fuck? <laughs> and what then the song. And then the song right after that is "Breakdown" featuring Jack Johnson. I'm clicking on the YouTube <laughs> link for this. Like, look how many times Tim Meadows is in this album. He's on this damn thing like five times. This is a Tim Meadows album. What the hell? <laughs> dating, yeah, there's dating in part two later on. Yeah, I'm listening to this now. It's just like Jay Z talking. <laughs> this like zero comments. On yeah, the YouTube upload. Like, of course. <laughs> Nobody care this one. Nobody care me. Nobody care, handsome boy modeling school. Look at the fucking- oh, Okay. Because fuck. it's like, look at the names, right? But also look at the scores. And it's like, the scores make sense because when you look at all those names, in what universe does it make sense to have these people on the same album together? Even if they are just, the, like, features. There's a song here featuring Chino Moreno and LP. And then the next one featuring features Pharrell and Julie Cruz. What the fuck is going on here? The one before the Chino Moreno one has, among many other people, is this another Lincoln skit? Park. It okay. So the way I remember this, because I, like I said, at one point I owned this album. Um, they just like tacked these skits onto the ends of songs, so it was like you would listen to a song. And then you'd get a ladies' man skit. And then you'd listen to maybe two more songs. And then you'd get another skit. And then another song and a skit. Three songs and okay, a skit. Okay, yeah. This, this, this does look like a... This does look like an actual song. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, okay, yeah. And this, yeah, okay. I see. I see. I understand. I am, I am gaining an understanding of... Um, of this project. Um, Are you though? John Murphy of Music On called it the most innovative, original, and enjoyable hip hop album since Outcast Speaker Box The Love Below. That's what he said. I mean, maybe the. I don't know. Maybe the actual hip hop songs are good. I just don't get the. Uh, having the three minute long uh, Bachelor parody skit. I'm just like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to envision the kind of. 
Okay, so it it seems like the first album was like really well received, uh-huh. uh huh, and then this was the failed follow up, <laughs> the cringe follow up, like. Yeah, it says in the uh, on the All Music review, it says uh, five years after the rightfully revered debut, um, the Handsome Boy Modern School returns with a little too smug sophomore release. Uh, white people like the title a good third of the album a good third of the album feels too forced yeah another third is fair but the remainder is stunning mostly song based and mostly non-irreverent um tim meadows the ladies man character and the bunch of narration uh keeps the handsome boy concept going but it's a concept that could carry one album not two was he also on the first album i have no idea i never i never see the mars volta wasn't on the first album so i didn't give a shit i see <laughs> yeah you gotta understand. I'm gonna read some some more of the names of people who are featured on this album, just for for the listeners to get an idea of it. If you don't feel like going to Wikipedia, um, Lincoln Park, Cat Power, Pharrell, John Oates. <laughs> like we said, Alex Caprano's from Franz Ferdinand. Mike Patton. Yes. Like, what is this? What is I happening? Guess... Jamie Colum. Maybe because the first album was like so well received, they like had. I guess maybe then the automator had like a lot of pulling power. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone I don't... wanted in on this. <sighs> I'm looking at the first album, and this one also has like a ton of features, but it is not quite as insane. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, the first one, I'm looking at the features on the first one, and it's like, this... This looks like a normal album. <laughs> right, yeah. These are features that, like, I get this. I get it. You know? The other one, like, the fact I'm looking at this, and the fact that I went out and bought this is, like... It feels like when I have a dream, and then I forget about it, and then at some point in the day, I remember a part of the dream, and I'm like, did that actually happen? <laughs> or was that a dream I had? I thought I actually did that. Wait, fuck, no, that was a dream. What? Why did I think that was real? That's that's how I feel. Yeah. I bet this is still in my mom's car. Because I got my mom into the Mars Volta, so she, like, anytime I got something, she, like basically stole it <laughs> so she probably still has this somewhere. it's funny how like there's there's a ton of shit you can get away with uh, in the name of nostalgia like you can you can post uh stuff like bring bring back blank and there's it's gonna it's always gonna get like 10 billion uh, mm-hmm. retweets you know Br- bring back plot in porn you know that's a popular one uh but i don't think anyone will be able to go viral with like bring back corny comedy skits on rap albums that you that you have a light chuckle at once and then you have to hit skip like every single yeah. time you listen to it again <laughs> yeah nobody wants this nobody wants this this is shit Fantano complains a... about. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... 
there's a bit on this when um in this movie where uh where mr uh mr ladies man mr ladies man mr ladies is, man. uh while he's on his uh, quest mm-hmm. to uh find uh, uh the woman who the rich woman who wrote him the letter he like one of the one of the ones he finds is like a you know he finds her like in a theater like backstage thing like in a dressing room mm-hmm. and then uh she's like oh yeah uh i remember having sex with you or it was great yeah uh and then like she's like behind this like dresser and um she's like uh i have to go on stage very soon but like how about the quickie just for all time's sake and uh leon is like yeah that sounds good and she comes out and she's in like full freaky clown makeup and she's like let's do freaky clown sex (laughs) and it's like honking and squeezing and leon is like at first really not into it but then at the end he's like oh hell why not yep that's it that's a celebrity guest appearance by julianne moore yep Julianne Moore is funny, Academy funny Award sex clown. Winner. Emmy <laughs> Funny comedy horn clown. Just like one of the... One of the... Most remarkable actresses of the last few decades. And she's in this as a funny clown sex, freaky clown sex cameo appearance it, why <laughs> that type of sh- it's very like whoopi goldberg going from the color purple to mm. theodore ricks you know yeah which we should watch theodore ricks we, we should watch theodore ricks it would be funny um like i don't is this i don't know what did because <laughs> i just don't know I don't know actors. You know I don't know actors. Yeah. Um. Is. 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 I don't know. I forget where I was going with that. I was going to okay. say something. I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought. God I could also not guess. So. Yeah. It was going to be something stupid. Oh, okay. Is this. Like, what did she do in between. <laughs> funny funny comedy horny clown yeah. and singing about dear evan hansen truck <laughs> oh i forgot <laughs> how <laughs> dare that you that was julia yeah that was so crazy that you did that i mean that they made that they made her do that like that's <laughs> i i said that on the podcast i record, recorded about that that's like it's embarrassing this, this seems like this seems like the most like malicious like assassinating a beloved uh, acclaimed actress with making her sing track like she's trying to act but the way that scene is filmed is like the way the entire movie of Dear Evan Hansen is filmed is with as little flavor as possible just like make it look as boring as possible so it's always just going the entire performance is just like her sitting and the camera is like being static like the way the entire Dear Evan Hansen is, honestly. It's pretty bad. Don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> remember remember 
Dear Evan Hansen Roblox NFT collab? <gasps> no. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> I don't. Hold no, on, Roblox. Don't him to Dear... that. I have to. <laughs> Roblox Dear Evan Hansen NFT. <laughs> Hold on. Cause God <laughs> Hold on, I'm 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 sending you the tweet because this is just <sighs> Roblox Evan Evan Hansen NFT. Like our polo now virtual oh, in honor in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, Dear Evan Hansen is delighted to join Blueberry Entertainment, the leading digital fashion brand, to launch an innovative metaverse fundraising event that's nothing Broadway. That's like nothing Broadway has seen before. Beginning May 13th, the digital version of the show's iconic blue striped polo will be available for purchase on Roblox, the wildly popular online platform where 55 million users connect every day. In addition, as part of a partnership with the genre-defining Board Ape Yacht Club community, two Board Ape NFTs will be dressed in the same polo and live permanently at the big virtual. Collection. The that, most. That. This is the most baffling collaboration I've ever seen in my life. Who is this for? Who could this what's possibly the, be for? What's the Venn diagram of like bored ape bros and like people who, like depressed music theater nerds in the two thousands and Roblox like, two thousand tens and, and Roblox. Roblox. It I mean, doesn't exist. The there's nothing. I, it's three separate circles. I think maybe the Roblox board ape. I mean, even that. No, because people who play Roblox are children, under twelve yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's. Fantastic. Who? The, I, the, the okay, so this this but this really sp- speaks of like the sorry like state of the art that like. <laughs> <laughs> propelled Dear Evan Hansen to be a successful play if an <sighs> if a striped blue shirt can be claimed iconic. <laughs> last last week, Fallon and I went over to our friend's house and they had um made fo- followed along with a discovery somebody had made on TikTok where if you mm. add self rising flower to a pint, two pints of ice cream and then bake okay. it. It's just bread. And I had some of it and it feels very wrong. <laughs> um it's delicious, but it doesn't feel like it should be happening. And my immediate thought was who in the fucking universe would think to do this? How would your brain make you first off think to do this and then second actually do it and that's what roblox evan hansen (laughs) nft is i see it's ice cream bread speaking of dear evan hansen they have a funny musical number because uh because because gay yeah because gay funny gay speaking of funny gay remember how will ferrell in this movie is funny gay it's so funny, dude. It's so funny. He's... I mean, the introduction of the funny gayness is, like, another, like, classic SNL... Honestly, classic, like, SNL-style comedy moment. Mm-hmm. Because the way it the way it goes is that they have, like, this 
Alcoholics Anonymous type, like, you know, or like self-help group situation of all the victims of the ass smiley tattoo. It's victims, victims man. of the smiling ass. Victims of the smiling ass, which is <laughs> all the men who have been cucked by uh, someone they could only identify by the smiley face tattoo on their butt cheek. Mm. Uh, and Will Ferrell is the leader of this group, and he does like this long dramatic speech of how uh, he is a Greco-Roman wrestler. Yep. The noble act of the Greco-Roman wrestling. And his wife would never understand the special bond between a, between a wrestler and, uh, and his wrestling partner, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and how much he, how it feels uh, to like touch their skins and whatever and he just like goes on and on and it is like and everyone else is like oh so that happened mm-hmm. and it's just like so, such a classic like you immediately get what the joke is mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going like even if you think it's hilarious mm-hmm. even if you think uh, gay is funny which it yeah. sometimes is but <laughs> <laughs> but like even if you're like bussing up laughing at the first mention of the wrestling partner. Yeah. I'm still gonna lose it like five minutes later when he's like still monologuing and all the others are like, uh, should we tell him that he's gay or not? Yeah. Like that's the whole joke. It's so funny. Remember how funny it is when he wants to oil Leon Phelps up? And it's funny because men typically don't do that because usually men are straight and they it's don't want to do very, that. It's not very hetero to uh, to oil yourself and the person you want to kill up to like wrestle in it because that's the thing, right? Like it 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 leads to speaking of like predictable plot de- plot developments. It turns out turns out that the um, uh, woman who wrote the letter is actually. The wife of Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. who is dissatisfied because her husband is gay. Yep. Um, and so he's at her house. They start... Well, they get naked, but they don't get to fucking because he realizes that he's actually in love with Julie, even though he still has a heart on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like get into this like will they won't they thing mm-hmm. and meanwhile uh, Will Ferrell and his cock army his cock army are like at the doors mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't know why he brings them to his house I guess just for fun he's like look at my glorious house yeah and they go inside, and it turns out the person they, they've been looking for has been there all along. Yep. And then he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm gonna have to be the one who kills him. Even yeah. though he has a beautiful dick. Because they see his dick, and everyone is like, whoa, that's a masterpiece. Yeah. Everyone pogs. Everyone is pogging. <laughs> <sighs> so... And then they go outside, and it turns out the way he wants to kill... Like, he doesn't just, like... 
want to kill him, but he actually wants to wrestle him in the Greco-Roman style. Mm-hmm. So that's why he needs to be oiled up. So he's like, uh, he's oiling himself up. He's like, bro, do you want some oil before <laughs> I kill you? Mm-hmm. And Leon is like, I'm good. And then he's like, but it's better with the oil. And then the wife is like, it's true, it's better with the oil. And Tim Meadows is like, um, no, thank you, I'm good. Uh, and then he's like, oh, okay, but it would have been better with the oil. And the wife is also, yeah, it would have been better with the oil. Like, the, you get where I'm going with this. It uh-huh. keeps going for forever and it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's stupid. It's what stupid. A stupid movie. It's a stupid movie. It's dumb. It the movie. On a... Oh, gone. Oh no! I was just gonna say it's like it's it's stupid in the most pointless way. A movie can be stupid and pointless. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing. The movie ends on a note where, because uh, you know, before before he runs off, there's a this is there's a classic like. Uh, third act denouement mm-hmm. happening here where uh, he is um, you know, at his lowest point Leon is um, at because uh, the cucks have like burned down his ship which is his, like, his houseboat yeah his houseboat burned down his houseboat and uh, what, was, that what was up with movies in the 90s and 2000s having like comedy houseboats I don't fucking know is that a, is that an American thi- an America thing? I don't know. We should watch Drop Dead Fred, by the way. Who's that? that that's another houseboat movie. Drop <laughs> <laughs> Dead Fred, starring Rick Mail, Phoebe Cates. I don't know any of these people. Carrie Fisher is in it. Yeah. Phoebe Cates was the hot girl in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Well, what's notorious about Drop Dead Fred? I feel um, like I, like I have heard of it, but I don't know if people like it or hate it. I don't know anymore either. <laughs> I truly don't know anymore. I, I just I feel like I feel like it belongs here. In some nebulous way. Bridget like, Fonda is in it in a supporting yeah. role. The movie, oh. the movie, the movie itself is a sicko. I think. Yeah. It's nobody in particular. It's the movie itself. It has an average of three. Yeah. Uh, out of five on Letterboxd. Yeah. It's, oh my god. And it's probably going to be the best movie we... Uh, <laughs> have, like, by default, we have watched on this show. <laughs> um, just by being mid. Yeah. I think um, you need to watch it, honestly, just for the experience <laughs> of it. You need to be able to say it, to say that you've watched it. Yep. Yep. So this movie, you know, it has the like third act denouement where uh, at his lowest point, when his houseboat has been burnt up, burnt down, he uh, goes to Julie's house, and actually her parents really like him because he's mm-hmm. giving them sex advice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then he's like in Julie's room. And they're having banter, they're having, you know, chemistry, and yeah. uh, 
they're like damn i always wanted i I, i've been looking for a girl like you and then you know Mm -hmm. they have this they have this thing where it's like uh he starts saying things about how, like, why it would be perfect to be if it was someone like her, where like, your parents like him and I don't fucking know, knows him deep enough, and then she says something like, knows knows you well enough to know what a wonderful person you are underneath your, like, ladies man persona. And, what? <laughs> what wonderful person? Yeah! Did I? I feel because this movie is barely eighty minutes long. Yeah, yeah like once again with these movies, they like barely hit the bare minimum of minimum of minutes that the movie can be called a movie. Mm-hmm. You could have, you could have like added like five more minutes where you show him be a wonderful person. Yeah. Instead, he's just horny. Because <laughs> I don't fucking know who he is like beneath the ladies' man persona. Like I guess he's just goofy. Like his. He's horny but dumb. Yeah. He has I a guess... he has a great dick apparently because yeah. everyone says so. I guess like he gave her a job. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that happens but in that like once they lean in to a kiss, they kiss once and then he suddenly realizes who wrote the letter and he like fucks off, which yeah. already should be like a disqualifying, like it, it already should like delete any idea of him being a wonderful person. Like if he runs away in this moment, I don't know why we're having the last rest of the movie where they still get together in the end. Yeah, like, it was just so shitty. Like not to, it feels it's... like a weird thing to criticize a comedy movie for, but it's just fucking shitty. Yeah, it's just nothing. <laughs> And then, you know, at the end, they end up getting together. And they have a child. And he's doing his radio show again. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know who picked him up. There was probably some explanation. Yeah. You um, don't worry about it. And then it ends on a joke. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember what joke it ends on? No. Do you know where I'm going with this? It ends in a joke where he, he on his sex advice uh, radio show, gets a call from Hillary Clinton. It's so funny. And he's like, funny I'll Hillary. see you and Bill next week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I heard in two separate pieces of media yesterday... Bill Clinton jokes. Mm-hmm. When usually I I go most days without hearing a Bill Clinton joke. <laughs> um, but yesterday I just happened to hear two. And that wasn't the funnier of the two. That was not the funnier of the two. The funnier of the two was, so... was anime Alexander the Great saying that he's going to beat Bill Clinton's ass. So Get his ass. Get his ass. I'll see you and Bill at dinner next week. It's because I'm pretty sure when I when I googled the ladies' man character, one of the things that came up with as like the iconic ladies' man sketch, I guess, is mm-hmm. 
one where he like talks to Monica Lewinsky. Every sketch in on Saturday Night Live from 1997 on was about Monica Lewinsky. They thought it was so funny. It was the funniest shit they'd ever heard of. They... O.J. Simpson broke SNL. <laughs> that, that happened, and they realized that if something happened, they could just focus on that one thing. But they fucking, and, like, because Lorne was, like, friends with O.J., so he, fu- <sighs> he he ended up firing Norm MacDonald because he kept making O.J. jokes. <laughs> and he didn't like that he said, like, bad things about O.J. I love media. You gotta love media. Stupid. <laughs> I cannot believe we've been talking vaguely about this movie for an hour and five minutes. Yeah, I, I think that, like, the the Hillary call was, like, the last thing I have in my funny little notebook about this Oh, you movie. take notes! I did, I, <laughs> I did for this one, because I, I was like, I, I need to have, like, at least five things I can talk about. God... There's nothing. There's fucking nothing. We have recorded for an hour, so let's. let's <laughs> that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Let's just re. <laughs> let's just recap this season because uh, we can recap oh, yeah, a uh-huh. bit. We can outlook for the next one a bit. Um, yeah, we can. We can rank these. We've watched six of them. I think my my big takeaway from this is that six is too much from like. Yeah. One sicko like this was. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Polly with five was already like pushing it. Yeah, and uh, these ones were just these ones were so miserable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these were so fucking awful. So you're welcome. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we have successfully defeated Lord Michael. <laughs> Walking away victorious. This was this was the Dark Souls of uh, of Sicko and Ebert. Honestly. Um. The worst one is obviously it's Pat. Yeah, it's Pat. It's Pat is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I it, yeah. I'm scared to think about what could be worse than it's Pat. I don't want there to be something worse than it's Pat. I think it's gonna be hard to find something worse than that. We we can you know I think it's gonna be a good like new, uh, new like baseline. Yeah. For us, uh, even That's though the... I did fucking hate uh, Reckless Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and Jury Duty. Like, I think every season had, like, at least one movie where I was like, this is the worst fucking movie I have ever seen. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see what's up next. <laughs> did we. I already forgot if we liked. um, Or if we hated Jury Duty or Reckless Kelly more. I forget which one was the previous. I think of the Jury Duty. Jury Duty. I, like. I don't know. I was really <laughs> look. I hate Yahoo Serials more than I hate Polly Shore, of course. <laughs> and we but, both hate Julia Sweeney more than we hate yeah Yahoo than Serials we hate either. But Jury Duty still had like the single most like genuinely upsetting and offensive scene in it. Yeah, which we barely even mentioned on the podcast because it's like I. It's gen- it genuinely sucks so much to even talk uh, about. Yeah, yeah. It's vile. Um, like, I think that scene is worse than all of its bad. 
Yeah. Uh, but its pet is just so offensive, like as a concept. Yeah, its pet and, is sustained. Uh, like the 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 misery that its pet caused me. Yeah. Um, for my agonies, its pet is at the absolute bottom. <laughs> um. And Ween was in it. And Ween was in it, I which is an ins- I, which is insulting. That's yeah. insult to injury. I didn't even say this. I think on the episode itself, but I was I was thinking afterwards how fucking what an odd like it's not just that Ween is an odd choice to put in it as a band, but then they were Dina and Gina were just like presented as these like two like nice boys, which is like. Not at all what, like, the image of Dean is. Like, there was just, like, nothing edgy about their, like, appearance in it. Like, they could have literally been, like, any other band. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Pointless. It's Pet is the um, worst one. I think Superstar is the second worst, so... Yeah. I uh, I hated that more than this one. Yeah. I don't think... I think... This one isn't too far off from Superstar, but it's still slightly yeah less bad um are we ranking everything or are we just ranking oh just yes and right now okay um so then then what probably probably Stuart saves his family because that was just nothing yeah um i can i have rice cake p- ass movie i hesitate picking a best one cuz yeah like i guess Roxbury was the only one that had like genuine laughs in it. Yeah, I mean Coneheads was like I think Coneheads is probably the best one. Yeah. Like, I, I would I would put Coneheads at the top and that one's that one is honestly like a very nothing movie. But yeah. it's like inoffensive to watch. It exactly. has a lot of star power. It um, never made me that... mad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like that's that's all I ask for anymore in these movies. It's just don't make me mad. So I Please guess don't it's do that. Conehead's best by default, mm-hmm. then Roxbury second, uh, mm-hmm. Stuart saves third, Ladies yeah. Man, <coughs> Superstar, Super... and then it's Pat. Yeah. It's Pat just... It's Pat has got to be one of the worst things that just, like... Yeah. But, like, over, overall, The human I species think... has ever put out... I think even, like, compared to other, like, sickos, uh, or to other, like, t- to the, the other two people we watched, this this is the most, these are the most flavorless movies. Like, they just, yeah. they just have, like, nothing to them. Yeah. Like, both, both in the, in the, both the, the better ones, and, like, the, you know, something like Coneheads is, like, Nothing in a way where it's like, well, it's not, it doesn't offend me, but it's still like, you know, yeah. just goes through you like without any impressions. And mm-hmm. the bad ones are still like, there's just no, nothing interesting about the way they are bad. Yeah. These, you know they're I mean? just like, yeah. R- Reckless Kelly is at least like a very unique type of bad. <laughs> Reckless Kelly was indescribable. Like, none of these movies managed to have something as, like, bafflingly weird (laughs) as 
Yahoo Serious coming up with a way to be like jingoistic with like a kangaroo flag. That movie was fucking insane. Like, I'm still trying to process Reckless Kelly. There were so many things in it that were just. I don't have I don't have a word for it. There were so many things in it that were just bizarre. What a movie. But maybe the Australian cut is good. <laughs> so I think like all together I'm thinking and correct me if you're wrong. All together here's here's I think the overall ranking of everything we've done so far. Okay. Son-in-law. This is from top to bottom obviously. Easy. Son-in-law. Encino Man. Yeah. Coneheads. I guess. I guess. <laughs> it's a big drop between Encino Man and Coneheads. Yeah. Um, Roxbury. I think I'd put Young Einstein above Roxbury. Yeah, I- I'm kind of, yeah. Because Young Einstein, I mean, after Coneheads is kind of where you get, like, you really lose a lot of flavor. Yeah. And, like, Coneheads is already, like, barely, Coneheads is, like, barely salted. Yeah. Um, I mean, Young Einstein is a weird case because it's the least bad of the Yahoo series movies, but it's also it also feels like the least Yahoo series, right? Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's the most like a normal movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Coneheads, Young Einstein, uh, Roxbury, Stewart. Yeah. Ladies' man. Yeah. Superstar. Or would you put... No, I think Biodome goes above Superstar. Biodome goes above Superstar, easy. Yeah. Biodome. Biodome... Mm, I don't know. Biodome had, like... Biodome had some pretty fucking heinous it has some sexual fucked assault up shit in, in it. it. It had some stuff that, like, honestly, I find unforgivable. So maybe I'll put Biodome below I, Superstar. I just hated watching Superstar so much. I did hate watching Superstar. <laughs> when I think about Biodome, though, I remember... I remember how how yeah. much sexual assault was in it, and I get I very have, mad. It did have Stephen Baldwin in it. Yeah, I, we can <laughs> yeah. put Superstar above Biodome, yeah. I guess. Biodome, Biodome made me see Stephen Baldwin's ass. <laughs> Superstar didn't make me see Stephen Baldwin's ass. Bring Biodome down here. Okay, so Biodome. <sighs> Mr. Accident or In the Army now? I think I'd put In the Army now above Mr. Accident. All right. Um, and then, and then Reckless Kelly, Jury Duty, and it's Pat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those, That's... those three are, like, pretty dire, like. Yeah. I was, there was a, some, like, fucking, it was the guy who wrote Saw. Got into a, showed his ass on Twitter recently. <laughs> um. And I mean, by recently, I mean, like, five years in internet time. <laughs> okay. It was, like, pre-Elon buyout. Uh, yeah. But, like, in real time, it was, like, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Where he, uh, where he out of nowhere started going after Limmy. <laughs> because he remembered <laughs> that, like, three years ago, Limmy said something bad about his uh, movie. So he oh was, my- like... Um, can any of my British viewers say if this comedian's work is any good? Uh, and then he, like, kept digging into, like, posting shit about how, um, saying something bad about a movie is unforgivable. 
because uh, every single every movie is a miracle to happen and uh this is why you know people put so much like sweat and tears into it and uh and this is why i will never say anything bad about a movie because even a you know a movie that isn't perfect is like worth admiring i was thinking if you had seen some of the shit i have seen yeah if (laughs) say that again to my face look me in the eyes and say that to me after you watch it's pad i'm gonna i'm gonna sit your ass down and make you watch it's pad and i fucking dare you to say that to me (sighs) i dare you whatever I'm so sick of movies. I can't wait for <laughs> next season when we get the fourth movie in our fucking Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse of bad movies along with Reckless Kelly and Jury Duty and its pad. We have one every season. There's gonna be one. I know there's gonna there's be gonna one. There's gonna be one. Do you wanna... Um, let's reveal who we were, uh, who we're gonna attack. We're going back to the well of... Uh, I think we're doing... Because I said this was quite a flavorless yeah. season. And one thing I know about the man who we're gonna cover next is that he's bringing a lot of flavor to it he's bringing a lot of flavor there is a very distinct flavor with this one so we're gonna watch the and this is a classic sicko because (laughs) i I feel like this is the closest to like actually um paulie shore levels of sickodom this is gonna be a man who was very briefly the biggest comedian in the world yeah. Um, also, he, also a comedian who was inventing a type of guy. He invented a type of guy. He uh, the the time he hosted SNL, Sinead O'Connor uh, retreated like from being the musical guest, like out of protest. Yep. Against his type of comedy. Yep. And he got a fucking local band. Making their network TV debut. One of the legendary hosting incidents of SNL. We're talking um, about... Yeah. We're, t- we're talking about Andrew Dice Clay. The Dice it's Man. the Dice Man himself. The Dice Man. Bring it in 2023 with the Dice Man. Can't wait. It's gonna be... It's gonna be an experience. I I can't fucking wait. I think, and you know, the, from just like I I don't I don't have all his movies by heart, but he also mm-hmm. had like a like a Polish or type like brief stint where I think Fort Firelin was like actually successful, and then none of the other yeah. ones. Yeah, it's it's only three movies, so that's merciful oh, for us. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah. <sighs> So yeah, stay tuned. Um, we were gonna try to do that around Christmas, but I don't think that's gonna happen now. Probably, whatever. Um, we'll see. Yeah, um, it's probably. I th- I think probably like early twenty twenty three. It's like yeah, uh, some something something like of that nature. D- Diceuary. I don't know. Diceuary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Andrew Fucking... Dice May is too far into the future. We can't do oh, that. Oh, that'd be really good, though. That'd be <laughs> funny. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Dice Mass is too early. <laughs> Whatever. 
Uh, whatever. This um, has been uh, Seko and Ebert. Yeah. I have, I have nothing to plug. Yeah. Oh, I have something to plug. It'll probably be up by the time this episode comes out, but I have another. Um, I'm starting a new podcast. Hi, yeah. Um, yeah, me me and uh friend of the me B, Shigechi Defender on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. Are uh going to be deciphering Guilty Gear lore without ever actually playing oh, the Jesus game. Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned for Zato Trap House. That'll be out soon. Um Yeah. That's what I got cooking. That's exciting. Yep. I Very excited. Need to be wrapping up some podcasts before I start anything new. So Yeah. We were gonna try to get uh Padres as back up and going, but oops. Well, what can I say? Oops. <laughs> it happens. Oh well. It happens. One of these um, days. Yeah, the <laughs> uh necromancers will wait for you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> They're patient. Exactly. They have- they're busy selling ice cream. It's fine. They have other shit they can work on. They're not. Yeah, they don't miss I, us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank you for uh, bearing with us through hell. Yeah. I want to. I want to die. <laughs> see you. See you on. Oh, we'll see you in. Uh, in Dyson Tynes Day. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Bye. Baby, don't hurt me. Bye. Yeah, well, let me tell you about some of the things that I've learned at the Handsome Boy Modeling School. First of all, um, as far as hygiene, you know, that was like one of the first classes that I took. And, I, I, you know, between you and me, I needed it. They taught me, you know, how to, how to wash myself in the right way, you know, how to wash my penis. Most modeling schools, they don't teach you that kind of stuff. It was one of the classes that I learned from um, my teacher, was, uh, Nathaniel Merriweather. You, maybe you have heard of him, I don't know. They also taught me about table etiquette. What fork do you use for the salad? And, and, and what fork do you use for, um, you know, soup or whatever? And that is something that I learned from Chef Rockwell. Other things about etiquette, like he goes five in front of a lady. I learned that from, from Chef. He told me, in, uh, I think it was, you know, probably the second class. That you can't just light a match and expect that she's not going to notice that the smell is emanating in the room. But Chef Rockwell, he said, you know what? Here's what you do. You gotta fart, you wait until after the day is over when you go home. That is when you do fart.